I was strolling through the park one night and oh, I felt so blue. When I heard a little voice say, I'm so lonely too. Then I turned around to look and to my surprise, a little space girl said they're crying right before my eyes. Stepping up a little closer to see what I could see. She said, Mr. Edmund, will you please marry me? I said, well, no, I couldn't do that. Well, that just wouldn't be right. Cause you and me, and me and you, we don't even look alike. Cause you got four arms. The better to hold you. Three lips. The better to kiss you. Three eyes. Yeah, you've heard that before. Hey, it's uh, Radio Mysterioso here for the 20th of uh, January. Uh, rent's coming up pretty soon. Of 2008. And uh, actually, you know what? This is our first guest of the year. Let me turn that down. That's Jesse Lee Turner with Little Space Girl. Actually, um, that's posted on a line in a few places, including at UFO Mystic under um, under the music. Uh, the reason I was playing that is because uh, we've got our third ever female guest on Radio Mysterio. So it's Reagan Lee. Are you there, Reagan? Oh, is that working? There we go. There's a little bit of interference there. Still hear me? I heard you fine. Okay, there we go. Yeah, uh, you know what? I found out about uh, Regan by, um, you know, kind of making a push into the into the um, blogging world, and then uh, that kind of uh, spread out virally uh, in the last year. Uh, Regan writes; uh, she's got her own uh, site, her blogging site called Orange Orb. I guess that's your main site, right? Right. And I have a lot of other blogs, too, because I'm mentally ill, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) We're all mentally ill. That's why we're talking about this, and that's why there's people listening to us. And why, you know, do you have to write at those blogs, or these are just all things you do because you're mentally ill? Um, (laughs) Well, I'll leave that for others to decide, but uh, I just enjoy the process and having different blogs, even though they're all kind of UFO, paranormal, weird, uh, related, it, it just helps me keep things in l- nice little categories. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd go insane. Yeah, you've got Orange Orb, Vintage UFO, which I really enjoy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is it Reagan or Regan? It's Reagan. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I wondered because some people pronounce it differently. UFO yeah. Digest you've written for, Been All of America. I think you're a regular uh, contributor there. Actually, all of these, American Chronicle, <laughs> Women Esoterica, and probably a few more. Yes, and I just started uh, a couple of other ones uh, about a month or so ago, uh, The Skeptoid Zone, where I just rant <laughs> <laughs> when, when the urge strikes me. 
Um, and about what? Northwest, which is about UFOs and Bigfoot and other strange, paranormal, supernatural kinds of things, but specifically in Oregon or and the um, Northwest. Oh, okay. Um, what do you rant about at the Skeptoid Zone? I, I can guess, but why don't you describe it? Just take a guess, will you? <laughs> um, just whenever, whenever I, I feel feel the need to just let off some steam about some boneheaded things, um, you know, as Tim Banal will call them, clown shoe, um, said about UFOs or you know what have you. Right. Uh, Which is my little way of letting off some steam. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've, I've only got one outlet for that. I guess You know, it's hard for me to even post at that one. And Just as I was coming, oh, that's a little better. Just as I was coming down here today, getting ready to leave the house, I was, I was getting one of those, I'm so tired of this UFO thing. I wish I could just take a, a break from it for a little while, but I can't. Uh-huh. Because I'm, I'm contracted to actually write about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, and you keep doing it, which is totally amazing. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because for me, I've actually, uh, the past, since Christmas time till just about really today, I've kind of slowed down. And I was feeling almost, I wouldn't go so far as to say like I didn't care because that's not true, but I just was feeling very uninspired and just dragging and kind of wondering what, you know, why am I even doing this? And we've heard it all before, and who cares? And, and, I, and I just really wasn't there. And then for some reason today I was inspired again, and I just sent something off to UFO Digest and also Book of Thoth, and I'm working on something for Saint. Hopefully they'll accept it. So... <laughs> I got recharged somehow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what causes these like waves. I interviewed Jim Mosley once, and I said, mm -hmm. um, "I said, why haven't you gotten tired of this?" And uh, Jim Mosley, who does saucer smear, has been in the UFO right. scene for right. a zillion years. Uh, I said, "Why, you know, why don't you get tired of it?" And he said, "I don't know. There's a lot of people that get tired of it. They leave, and then for some reason they come back. Invariably, it's this very weird thing. It kind of." grabs you and then it won't let go but right. you know is there some germ of an idea or an experience or something that that uh caught you and made you start talking about these things writing about them etc well i've i've always been interested in all these kinds of topics ever since i can remember since i was a kid and i've also had experiences since i was a kid so i'm uh both an observer and commentator or pundit, but I'm also an experiencer. And I'm also a writer. I've just always have written. I've naturally been a writer. And I've written uh, other things. So when the kind of Internet, you know, thing came along and blogs, and uh, it just seemed a natural direction for me to, to take, to put it all together that way. Uh huh. Um, you I'd know what? I'd be writing anyway. Oh, go ahead. If it weren't about this, I'd still be writing. Right, right. Yeah, I, I completely understand. It's it's mm -hmm. funny because you need. 
there's something in you and you need an outlet. And, and uh, luckily we have uh, this wonderful Internet now where everybody can do that. Uh, some, right. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's terrible, and there's, you know, a bunch of amateurs and this and that. And I, I think it's wonderful. No, I think it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I just ordered, this is maybe getting off the track a little bit, but I just uh, got this little book, booklet on Bigfoot, completely self-published. I found it on eBay. Some guy wrote it. I can't think of his name right now. Um, maybe it's the guy that runs that Bigfoot Center but in uh, He just put it together, and he just felt strongly enough about these Bigfoot stories in his area that he had to get it out there. And so for, I think, four or five bucks, I bought it on eBay. And, you know, I think things like that are wonderful. People blogging or having their sites or doing their, their book thing or whatever it is. And, and you're right, you know, these people get criticized sometimes. And I, uh, I feel the opposite. I think it's fantastic. At least with UFO and paranormal, I suppose if they were, you know, uh, blogging on particle physics and they knew nothing. Well, you know what? So what? So what? <laughs> exactly. Because something about that is getting them interested. For for whatever reason, they feel a connection mm-hmm. with whatever it is they're writing about. And then other people come along. You know, I come along across the blogs sometimes and sites where I think they're full of it. Or I just don't agree with their take on it or it's not well presented uh so i move on right you know big deal yeah we have Uh, that choice that's the cool stuff that's the cool thing exactly and i have a personal bias and i wrote about this so oh uh, i have another blog (laughs) of course i have so many i forget good plug it plug it uh uh, bigfoot called frame 352 and someone sent me uh, photographs and a long, long email, no punctuation, uh, lots of misspellings. It was just very poorly put together. And at first I almost deleted it because that kind of thing, you know, I was an English major, so yeah. that, and I work in a school, and, you know, that kind of thing bugs me. But I actually read it, and it was an interesting account of what was happening. So I kind of pursued it and put it up on my blog, and we've emailed back and forth a little bit. And so you you can't always let those kinds of things put you off. Always, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to. I mean, I I used to actually when I was doing the magazine, I would get very excited when I got some of the kook and crank mail, but ninety percent of it was just boring. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because you have to kind of go over each one, at least the first paragraph or so, if you can recognize them as paragraphs, and see if there's something there. And then, you know, on top of that, is it worth it to try and pull that out of the person because it might just be a lot of a lot more noise, you know? Right, and it might be, but that to me, that's that's all part of this, whatever this is, being in this. Uh, weird arena, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so those things don't don't bother me. You know, I just figure it's just part of it. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I think you might agree. You know, it is annoying uh, the part of the having everybody be able to say what they want 
The only part that's annoying for me is are people that know they're right and they want and on top of that want to convert you. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with that. Absolutely. Which is the thing I call fundamentalist skepticism in the in the UFO arena anyway. Well, well there's fundamentalist you know, ufologists too. We have our our usual skeptic bunkies, whatever will term you want to use for them, which is a given. But then you also have, as you were just saying, within the field, um, years and years ago, just locally, I was involved in, you know, a little kind of UFO group, and we'd get together. And these now these are people who, like us, are, you know, into this stuff, they're believers, for lack of a better word. I really hate that word. They're interested. Uh, witnesses, experiencers, and yet there was so much infighting, I just laughed. I, you know, it was ridiculous because there were those who thought it was only one way and this is what you need to believe and the, the path you need to take and the philosophical stance you need to take to, to be, um, I don't know what. But it just was ridiculous. And, you know, there is that. But uh, I just pretty much ignore those people. Yeah, at that, at that point, um, you know, I thought the point of these groups was to work together to learn something. And exactly. When you yeah. stop, you know, that when you get, when your, your, your thinking solidifies like that, you know, the learning stops. And the and learning is fun. Call. It should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, you know what? You, you mentioned that you had seen some stuff and had some experiences, and I read on one of your blogs that, um, that you thought you might have had at least a couple episodes of missing time. And this used to be a bad thing, you know, in ufology. Oh, God, they've had, when Leo Sprinkle announced that he thought he was an abductee too, a lot of people decided they didn't want to listen to him anymore. But right. thankfully, that's changing. Um, uh, maybe you could talk about how you feel about being able to comment on it uh, uh, when you think something has happened to you and maybe actually what you think happened, although you said you haven't really uh, explored it that much yet. Right. Uh, yeah, and it was, didn't Fowler come out as well and a while ago and with the same, in other words, other researchers coming out with their own experiences Right. Well, I mean, all I can say is I can't separate myself from these events because they're a part of me. I mean, everything I do and write about and read about and research is because I want to and, and it's a part of me. Uh, it's pretty much impossible to be objective completely about anything. That's just my kind of basic philosophy. Uh, you could try to be there and you can try to be, you know, step back and, and, but to think that you're going to be completely objective, I think is just misguided. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, so for whatever it's worth, I just put my experiences out there. For others to, uh, comment on if they want to. And, it's open for discussion. I, you know, Jeremy Vaney, you know Jeremy? Yes. Yeah. He <laughs> he wants me to come out and say, <laughs> yes, I've been abducted. Well, I can't say that because I, don't, I have no idea. So I'm not going to say that. Do you have um, any? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. No, so all I'm saying is I've had a lot of strange experiences, including missing time. Uh, both times I was with my husband, we both experienced it. Um, there are a lot of strange things that have happened, but to say that I've been abducted, I can't say that because I really don't know, and I have no memory of little aliens and being inside a craft and, you know, the typical kind of scenario. So I would be lying if I said I've been abducted at this point anyway, <laughs> because I, I have no idea at all of what happened. Have you thought of... Uh I, I wouldn't recommend this. I used to get letters from people saying, I think something has happened to me. Do you think I should go to a UFO um, researcher and ask them? And I'd say, no, go to a regular psychologist if it's bothering you and talk to them about it. Don't go to a UFO researcher because you know what's going to happen is nine times out of ten, it's going to be you've been abducted by aliens. Right. And it'd be very interesting to find out if there's another interpretation of what happened to you. Whatever it may be. But, you know, it also depends on the person you go see and their belief system. I agree uh, with that. And I, if I were to ever pursue that, I'd want to make real sure about the person I see. Um, and I recently wrote on my blog, you know, I've always said, well, I haven't pursued it because I'm afraid and all this stuff. Well, that may or may not be, but... Here's something, we we sure did experience missing time, there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And the one time, it was a few hours. So, clearly something happened to cause that. Right. And it may, it may have been aliens, let's say it was not. Well, then, what was it? That's scary. Yeah. I mean, were we just kind of had a psychotic episode? Oh, you know, I mean, whatever it was. Did we fall off our motorcycle and not know it? Or, I mean, you know, what happened? And whatever happened is kind of spooky, whatever the reason. Right. Because Our it is pretty weird to just not to be able to account for three or four hours. No, well, it's terrifying. I uh, In uh, 94 or 5 or something like that, I interviewed Carla Turner. Yes. And... Mm -hmm. I read her books, you know, about a month or so before I was going to go meet her out in Austin when they're having the MUFON conference that year. And um, the night before I was going to talk to her, I woke up at one eleven, two twenty two, three thirty three, four forty four, and five fifty five. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that. And then I told her later, and she goes, "Well, maybe we should put you under and see." And I said, "No." <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. You know, yeah. and I said, I don't know why I have this interest. And she goes, well, maybe we should find out. And I said, no, I really don't want to, which is a, so I, I can sort of understand where you're coming from there. And you know what? That's the only time it happened, too, that I can okay. remember where something weird like that happened. And she didn't mention that in her book, which was very funny because she goes, that happens. And I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was scary. And then the day after I left, um, the guy whose house I was staying at, uh, West Nations, who used to do this magazine called um, Crash Collusion, he said that um, his next-door neighbor saw these uh, two people come by, and they were standing next to his house, and then they left, and about 15 minutes later, his house, uh, there was a fire next to his house, as if they'd said it. Huh. It was a very, you know, it, it's funny. You get into a weird um, 
uh, space, atmosphere, psychic? A dimension. It's true. These I've had those kinds of experiences too, which is lots of weirdness and synchronicities and other people will verify it or will come up to you out of the blue with, I mean, just this kind of strange. And other researchers I know have, have talked about this as well. And and I don't know if we create it or if they, whoever they are, you know, <laughs> them, <laughs> are watching us. And how, You know, who knows? But I, I know what you mean. I mean, I believe that, and I, I've been there, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It hasn't happened to me in probably the last eight or nine years, anything weird like that. It seemed to have happened right when I was most interested in the subject, dealing uh-huh. with a lot of people, and not a lot of people, but a lot of firsthand kind of witnesses and researchers and all that on a daily basis. And I kind of still do that now, but it seems like the, the weird space left. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I wonder if age, and I, I don't have no idea about this, maybe you know, uh, if age has anything to do with this, because the last really weird thing that was confirmed by others mm-hmm. was, oh, maybe four or five years ago. I mean, super weird, like, ooh, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'll be 54 next month, so I don't know if age has something to do with that. Or not, you know, but it, it, but it seems to be slowing down. Yeah. Although I, I'll still have synchronicities, like when I was doing the uh, researching Dana Howard to contact me, uh-huh. um, I looked for I was looking for books on eBay. And there was only one Dana Howard book on eBay, and the bookseller lived like two miles from me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so I went and picked it up. It was great, but. So, you know, things like, like that continue to happen, little synchronicities like that. But, uh, you know, the really weird kind of creepy, spooky stuff, uh, including a sighting, I haven't seen anything for a while. So I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but it's just something I wonder about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, well, you know, a lot of occultists say that you can put yourself in that weird space by uh, uh, directed uh, ritual and intention mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, I just don't really care to go there <laughs> on purpose, you know. Yeah, exactly. Intentionally, but I, I certainly believe that. You really have to know what you're doing if you're going to go that way. Yeah, and, it, and even if you mm-hmm. do still, sometimes things can happen and... I think that's why uh, Israel Regardi said that before you go into any kind of occult practice, you should go through a thorough system of psychotherapy. Yeah, <laughs> to and make I, sure. I, don't know, um, I, I told you earlier, I'm from LA, and uh, when I was younger and living in LA and Hollywood and you know Topanga Canyon and all those places, yeah, I knew a lot of strange people, <laughs> and who fancy themselves, you know, magicians and. We're doing odd things, and they were basically just weird people, kind of messed up people, and they and weird things would happen, right? You know, but it wasn't. They didn't. They really didn't know what they were doing, and yeah. 
Yeah, I've never really met too many people I feel like in that arena know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. One of them was uh, my friend Mario, the Pozzaglini, the uh, guy that studied alien writing. Mm-hmm. But um, and he, you know, peep, it's funny. He would accept the weirdness and just kind of accept it with a smile and a chuckle and talk about it. And everybody around him was freaked out by it. I noticed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that that to me kind of was like, well, I think he's grounded and he knows what he's doing and has a good sense of, uh, you know, I don't know, not being, not giving into the wonder of it, yet still being. Um, uh, out there enough that he could experience the stuff. Maybe that's, you know, like we said, the part of getting older where you just kind of get tired of it and you get your mind kind of solidifies in one way, even though you don't think it is, and mm-hmm. that, that door kind of shuts. I, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I hate when people do this on uh, Coast to Coast, but do, is there, uh, would you like to describe any of the things that you've uh, seen that you couldn't explain? Um, well, I had a triangle sighting, but it it wasn't like the triangles. You know, everyone says it's a big, black, solid craft, and it was right overhead with lights on it, and then it, I didn't get to see that. But it was a triangle shape, definitely. We we were outdoors at a huge, well, kind of like party thing and on acres of land out in the Oregon in the rural area, and we looked up. And there was this huge triangle shape right above our heads. Uh, uh, it's so hard to judge distance, but I'd say like maybe a oh ten story building, like you know pretty close. Yeah. And it was almost the way we were aware of it was it was almost exactly the color of the sky, but like a shade or two darker, and it blotted out all the stars and and everything, and it was very weird, and we all just stood there, and we wanted to move and run and yell and tell everybody about it. I mean, there were all these people around, but we couldn't move. We just stood there, and we were looking at each other saying, uh, don't you think we should tell somebody? <laughs> the, you know, well, yeah, duh. and we just continue looking up. And then all of a sudden, it just took off without a sound. I mean, not a sound. It just was gone. It just slid off. It was the weirdest thing. And then we felt, the whole time we were standing under it, we were sort of cracking jokes about missing time and checking our watches and, you know, ha, ha, ha. But we couldn't move. And... It seemed as if everything, and maybe this is just an effect of the the craft, the machine, who knows, but uh, everything around us seemed like kind of in slow motion and like we couldn't really hear, like somebody had stuck cotton in their ears. As soon as the craft left, everything was sort of back to normal speed and we could hear again. So then we went and told people, well, almost everyone there accepted our story and went, oh, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool or weird or whatever. Uh, the people that lived there were almost jaded. They said, oh, we see stuff like that out here all the time. <laughs> 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 it was like they, they see it. They just saw so much of it they weren't even. One guy really infuriated me because 
before I even finished, he started talking about how much beer I'd had. Well, I was the designated driver, so I hadn't had a thing to drink. Then he started telling me I was crazy. And, you know, me, I just started, <laughs> I got very irate and offended and said, are you calling me a liar? <laughs> and then he got, you know, so that wasn't pretty. But, so that was a very strange experience. Yeah, he probably saw it, too. As far as the triangles go, I don't know what to think about them, if they're ours or aliens or what, but it was weird. That's all I have to say. Any any uh, other things like that? Or You know what's weird is that um, sometimes I talk to people, and this has been noticed by abduction people and all this, is that there'll be a group or a duo or whatever, a group of people sighting of something or something weird that happens, and do, people don't talk about it till like 5, 10, 20 years later. Oh, I uh, met up with these people uh, actually a year later at the same place. And I said, do you remember that triangle? And only one person remembered it, at which I thought was interesting, until we, I kept talking about it. And then the others said, oh, yeah. Me, I've, I've been obsessing about it ever since. Mm -hmm. Not a day goes by that I don't think about it. And then they didn't really think it was that. uh, I mean, they barely remembered it, and they just didn't really want to deal with it, you know? Why why do you think that is? I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's me. (laughs) Maybe I'm the one. You know, it's a very good question, and it's one that, that fascinates me. You know, why do some of us, uh, why are we pulled that way? And others don't... You know what astounds me? And here we're going off on another kind of tangent, but... That's what this show's uh, about. <laughs> yeah. I've actually... I used to go on the skeptic forums and things, and I don't do that anymore, but uh, I've actually had some of them say, look, you know, UFOs, weird lights in the sky, sure, so what? What do you mean, so what? Don't you care what's up there? Yeah. There's some weird stuff up there doing really weird things. Aren't you interested? You know, I mean, how can you take that attitude? It, it kind of befuddles me. I know how they can take that attitude because it involves talking about things that we don't know much about yet, and it's a lot more comfortable for a lot more, for a lot of people to say we know just about everything that's going on or everything that's going on, and it's... Uh, it's it makes them comfortable. It, it, yeah, uh, yeah. Sigrid here just said they just uh, you, you know you stick your head in the sand because that's more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, um, what I I I I think this might have came from no, it came from Dean Radin. Um, uh-huh. Wasn't specifically about UFOs. It was about um, kind of uh, weird uh, occurrences, psychic things, whatever. So, you know when you hear somebody's uh, you know you know somebody's calling you or whatever but um what it is is something weird will happen and your mind is constantly putting things in boxes okay that's um that has to do with uh uh my childhood and that has to do with going to work every day and that you see a big black triangle in the sky that that blocks out all the sound for a while what do you do with that there's no place Mm -hmm. to put there's no little mental box to put that in so it just kind of falls off the table right so that's kind of my idea about you know why some people forget. Some people you know some people say, well, because the aliens made you forget. 
It's like, well, I don't know if I really want to take it that far. I think it's more like, you know, I, we don't have any place to put it, so it just disappears for a while or forever. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. That's the, And, you know, researchers do that, too. Uh, Bigfoot researchers, for example, who suddenly they come across a Bigfoot uh, encounter that involves UFOs or orbs or the Bigfoot does something strange, you know, like de- dematerializes. Well, all of a sudden, what do they do? They don't want to deal with that, uh, most. Bigfoot researchers, so yeah. they just either ignore it or suppress it or just don't even want to talk about it at all. They have no patience for that with um, other, you know, they, they're not going to listen to those uh, Bigfoot stories. So we all do it. You know, I'm, I do it. I mean, it's buffers. And, but I like that example of that you gave of it just sliding off the table, you know. We just we just won't talk about it. You know, another weird thing that happened to me, uh, this was years ago, mm-hmm. was Please. um at a friend's house and we were looking at vacation slides and we were all trying to not be impolite, you know. <laughs> it's like, Okay, <laughs> you are in front of the tent, now you're next to the tent, you know. Yeah. And I just knew we were going to see a UFO. I just knew it. I'm sitting there and I just said to myself, We're gonna see a UFO tonight And I was waiting for it. And suddenly, uh, my friend looks, she's looking out the window, she's looking at me and looking out the window, and she kind of, you know, points to me, come come here, come here, that kind of thing, and she says, see that light out there? And then it got bigger and was coming closer, and we all ran upstairs to look at it. Sure enough, it was a UFO, and we stood there watching it for a while and got out the binoculars, and, and uh, we were all very interested in it, and had different theories as to what it could be, you know, what have you. But the person, in fact, who was slowing, showing the slides was very angry. He didn't even want to come up to look at it. Huh. And I said to him, you know, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's pretty interesting and very, very weird, you know. And he wouldn't even look at it. I mean, he was very, uh, talk about, things sliding off the table and not dealing with them. Yeah. I mean, here it was happening. Yeah. Right he right there in front of him, and there were several people there, and we were all looking at it. And he didn't want to have anything to do with it. So that's an interesting example. I didn't tell anyone except my friend and my husband, you know, who's way used to all this stuff, <laughs> um, that I knew we were going to see one. But... That's just another example. And, you know, those kinds of things happen to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you mentioned your husband and your friends and all that. Did, uh, did you, can you talk to them about these things? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, I'll call him George. <laughs> okay. George and I <laughs> talk about this stuff all the time. I mean, he's, you know, he's also an artist. And right now he's working on a painting of me uh, from a sketch he did of me a good 30 years ago. I looked at that and I said, who is that? He said to you, I said, oh, Christ, I've gained a lot of weight over the 30 years. I didn't even know it was me at first. But he put in the painting a little UFO in the sky. Uh And I thought that was a really neat touch. It is? Yeah. And he's had his own, uh, you know, strange experiences. Um, 
before we ever met. And, uh, you know, so I, yeah, it's a cliche to say soulmate and all that, but, uh, I think there's all kinds of kind of paranormal karmic reasons why we're together. Uh, it turns out we lived about two blocks away from each other in Hollywood <laughs> before we met, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I was a teenager and he was a few years older. But, so there's definitely a connection there. Where did you live in Hollywood? Um, just, uh, Melrose and Vine kind of area. Oh, okay. I'm at Melrose and Fairfax. Oh, yeah. I went to Fairfax High. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. At Hollywood High, yeah. And I lived in Topanga for four years. Oh, yeah, yeah, I lived there, too. <laughs> I loved uh, the book, uh, was it uh, Preston Bennett's book? Yeah, UFOs Over Topanga. U- UFOs Topanga. Over Topanga, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him about that book because uh, I was doing a section on it for the Weird California book, and um, he said that kind of stuff. His family lived in uh, right at the edge of Topanga, like, uh, what's that place called? Top of Topanga. Where you can see almost all the way down the. Oh yeah, uh huh. And they used to see stuff all the time. Um, the funny thing was, I never saw anything the whole time I lived there, and I moved in '92, literally the month before, like this four-year-long flap went on in Topanga Canyon. Oh wow! I yeah. seem to be leaving or missing things right before they happen or right after. It always seems to turn out that way. Because I've never even seen anything except at Burning Man once I saw some lights so far away I couldn't tell what they were that were moving very strangely. But that's mm-hmm. the only. And then one time in Death Valley we saw this extremely bright white light kind of hanging over the landscape, not moving that much. I don't even think it moved, but it was way too bright to be a star. And it just set, it's like four in the morning. I don't know what I was doing driving at four in the morning in uh, mm-hmm. Death Valley. But those are the only two times I've seen anything, and that that you know they weren't that dramatic and. You know, the light could have been some test thing, and those ones at Burning Man, I have no idea. Right. So, But nothing yeah, dramatic. So uh, I feel cheated. Sorry. That's okay. Hello? I said, so I feel cheated, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's all these levels of weird things in the sky. There's some things like the orange orb that I named my first blog after. That whole thing was just so strange that... I have yet to have somebody give me a acceptable, acceptable, reasonable uh, explanation for what that was. I should have asked you, where did the name come from, and what is this orange orb thing? Well, we uh, we haven't been living up here in Oregon. I live in Oregon too too long, and I don't know, a couple of years maybe. Uh, this is the time we had missing time. We were coming back from another little town. And on the road, and I noticed this really large, I mean, larger than a full moon orange orb is like lit from within. Um, I guesstimated it to be roughly a mile away because it was up on top of this hill, and we used to walk up that hill, and it was just about a mile to the top. So, And as soon as I looked at it and paid it attention in my mind, like, what is that? It kind of zoomed out to right across the, the road from us and followed us uh, to the corner where we turned to go to our house. And then it sat, kind of, it stopped above 
a house kind of kitty corner from us for a couple of seconds and then just dropped out like into someone's backyard. And I had the uh, distinct impression it was playing with me, that it was uh, aware of me and kind of waiting for me. And like I say, this was, we should have, this was around 8 o'clock at night in the summer. Uh, well, we should have been back, um, you know, hours before that, so. Ah, what did the yeah. what did the uh, what did it look like? Just a big kind of a diffuse or like a big round ball, but like there was a light inside of it. Uh huh. Yeah. You like couldn't see sphere. through it or anything. What? You couldn't see through it or anything. It was no. Oh, no. Okay. No. And just... that has stayed with me. I mean, that's what set me off. And even though I've always been interested in all these things for. Ever since I can remember, that's what set me on this path of discovery of finding, wanting to find out what was that thing. And I started really reading all I could about UFOs and things like that. And um, I remember I even, and then I started having really strange dreams and really bad, uncomfortable dreams and all kinds of strange things would happen. I remember going to just, I wasn't getting any sleep. I was just, it was awful. And so I went to a counselor, but, you know, this is, oh, oh not quite 30 years ago. So uh, I didn't know anything about abductions and regressions and hypnosis and all that stuff. I just thought I'd go to a counselor right. to see why I'm, you know, a bundle of nerves and not sleeping right. And in my naive, because I'm pretty open and I guess still kind of naive in some ways, just, you know, matter-of-factly told her all about my UFO sighting and stuff. <laughs> so she decided that I'd seen way too many science fiction movies and also had an authority problem. And I felt like saying, well, you know, who doesn't have an authority problem? <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing, actually. Yeah, I just, so she was no help. <laughs> that was my only experience with talking to someone about that. Yeah, like we said, it, it probably depends quite a bit on the person's uh, preconceptions and um, wanting to steer you in one direction or another. Which is, like you said, it's really it's going to be really hard for anybody with these kind of these kind of experiences to find that kind of person. Somebody who's as neutral as possible, but you know, open but not uh, so open they have an agenda. Exactly. And, you know, even if it takes, let's say I or anyone uh, goes through this and it's it's a nice thing that happens and maybe you resolve some things and you you do a kind of meditative thing and, and you've had some powerful changes happen, who's to say that that's the correct uh, look into what really happened? Right. So, like you said earlier uh, about, no, you don't want to go there. It, is it really necessary to go there? And I think for some of us, um, maybe it isn't. Maybe we're getting there in other ways. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why force people into your viewpoint of things, <clears throat> no, ma- no matter what it is, because, you know, you're, I've got this argument going on with a couple people on the... <clears throat> UFO Mystic site, and uh, mm-hmm. 
One of them specifically. Which is a great side. I really enjoy going over there and reading what you and Nick have to say, the latest. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm forced into it by contract to write at least four days a week. Oh. So, <laughs> so I have to come up with stuff, which is why I, I signed up for the site, actually. So it keeps my brain working. I meet people. If I wasn't doing that, we wouldn't be talking right now. Right. Um, and I, you know, in that way, it's, it's very helpful. But what this one guy is saying is that, well, all UFO uh, reports should be um, completely objective, just the facts. And I was, I'm thinking, well... We've been doing that for a long time, and nothing has changed. So maybe our individual reactions is part of the message. Exactly. And who, this is my, this is what gets me going into a whole, my rant state. <laughs> Those people that uh, want to kind of clean up, you know, the, the UFO arena and have standards and all of this stuff, and it just, it's never going to happen. Who gets, for one thing, who gets to decide? And who gets to, to decide what the facts are? If I saw a UFO and I saw some weird creatures that were doing strange things that turned into a Bigfoot and then grew wings and flew away, those are the facts. I mean, that's what I saw. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I ever did see that. I'm just saying, for example. I know what you mean. Um, so are we going to censor ourselves for fear of offending somebody or not appearing objective? Or We can't. A lot of people don't get, and I know a lot of people, this is just my opinion, it's a strong opinion, but there's this whole kind of trickster kind of element to all of this. Definitely. And if we expect it, if we expect this very weird phenomena to happen it's it's like there are a lot of people out there who want this to behave in expected ways well how in the world can it it's not an expected thing yeah you know there's uh somebody pointed out to me there was a scientific study done and i can't remember the guy's name in the early 70s, a scientist actually took a bunch of people and over, I think, of a five-year period or more, had them go out in the field to places, uh, assuming, I would assume, where there had been other sightings, and take measurements and take video and take uh, film and t pictures and all this. That's fine. They collected a lot of data on what these things were doing, what they looked like, how fast they were, maybe how big they were. But then they also found things like, they would start reacting what, to what the researchers were doing, which is not something they expected to have happen, but they had to put that in the report. Right. You know, um, that that's not a, uh, that's more like studying, I guess, you know, trying to stay out of the way of uh, animals or something you're studying, and you can't, <clears throat> unless you just, well, for the UFO thing, they, they just couldn't. They couldn't be, remain... Uh, 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 objective observers, the, the the phenomenon would not let them do it, which is right. uh, I find that very. That's you know. a really interesting study. I'd like to know more about that. That's um, exactly, and in fact, we I we find that with uh, researchers who go out in the field and study animals, or uh, they become aware of you. They know you're there. Uh, people will argue against that, but. And that's the thing with Bigfoot research. I I like it watching those programs where they go out and they put up a little, you know, 
hormone things and the the pheromones and the you know they go off and but I in the back of my mind I'm always thinking don't you think Bigfoot knew you were coming way before you ever got there you know like Bigfoot he's not going to show himself to you unless he wants to or you know I don't know I just I just think there's a lot more going on with all these things than some of us allow for. Right. Oh, the, the but at the same time, you do need to keep good records and collect data right. and do all that field work. Of course. There's, I'm not. I don't want to give the impression that I think there's something wrong with that. I don't. But we really have to include all of this other stuff too, that makes that frustrating i mean it's frustrating it it doesn't conform it doesn't sit still it you know skeptics complain about every photo is a grainy photo blah blah well you know that's not true for one thing but no it's not true i i found it It, it's called uh it was by somebody named harley rutledge 1981 project identification project identification the first scientific field study of ufo phenomena and apparently you can. there was a book or a pamphlet or something made of it, and you can actually uh, either read it online somewhere or I think order it, uh, maybe from used bookstores or something. Mm-hmm. That, that I would very much like to see. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny, you just said um, some, of the, uh, some of the pictures aren't all grainy, you know, non-specific uh, uh, type things, because you, I uh, saw one of the articles, or a couple articles, you wrote about the Trent pictures the, uh, uh, from 1950, what was it, 52? 52, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or 50, not sure. Yeah, actually that was one of uh, Paul Kimball's uh, 10 best UFO cases, and, and with good reason. What, what, you've been exposed to that case quite a bit. Uh, what, mm-hmm. What's your kind of take on it? I think it's very interesting, uh, and... Uh, the, it turns out, from what I've read, that other people ha- saw saw a UFO in the area, not just the trance. Right. Uh, all kinds of military men, on a few occasions, visited the Trent home, searching for something. And there's a little DVD out, and I think it's called the Trent Case. Uh, I'm not. I have it. I'm not. Sh- I think that's the name. It's very simple. It's very straightforward, and it's an interview. It was made a few years ago, an interview with Evelyn Trent. Uh, and you just look at her face and watch her, and I believe her. And that's not, you know, scientific or objective at all. In fact, it's extremely subjective. But why, the thing with these kinds of stories is why would somebody stick to a story like that for so long. You know, that that always has me wondering about these kinds of things. Right. Um, but anyway, that doesn't even matter because they have tried, they, you know, all kinds of people have analyzed the photographs and put them through all kinds of things. And, you know, Bruce Maccabee and all kinds of people, have, and they they haven't proven it to be a hoax. I'm about to say it wasn't, to be fair, but, you know, it's it still stands up. It still stands up all these years later, and it, it's interesting. And yeah. also at the time that they saw this thing, there were, there's sort of a UFO flap right. in the country. So, you know, you, 
when we look at these UFO cases, we have to look at kind of con- the whole context of the history of what was going on, not just the individual case, I think. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, too. The first time I knew there were other uh, witnesses and there had been things going on right in that area in McMinnville was was uh, seeing Paul Kimball's film and that um, the pictures had uh, basically backed up what they said and what other people had said, too, that didn't take any pictures. Um, the, uh, there's one thing I was kind of unclear on. is Were the pictures made with a with a with like a Kodak Brownie, which actually had... Negative center, or were they Polaroids? Um, I don't think they were Polaroids, but I, no, I think it's just, um, no, they were. They were what? They, they were, it was film. Right, okay, because I remember they did. Some, the, some skeptics say, well, if, why did the roll of film, he, he lost the roll of film for a while and then found it, you know, under a dresser or something. Um, and if skeptics say, well, why didn't he just, you know, he would have taken better care of the roll of film and so I don't know. Well, he also said, uh, Paul Trent said he thought it might be some, uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, Air Force project or secret project, which makes, makes me think that, you know, one, it wasn't that extraordinary to him. And two, right. if he did think it was something like that, maybe he was kind of nervous about, uh, exactly. revealing fact, something like did. that. He did say, uh, he was afraid of getting, I don't have the exact quote, but, you know, to paraphrase, he said something like he was afraid of getting the government too interested in him. And, uh, that makes sense. And he never said, ooh, aliens from outer space. And this is a kind of disingenuous thing that skeptics, uh, some skeptics will do, is say, well, you know, when we're talking about UFOs, we really mean aliens from outer space. No, we don't. I don't. You know, I accept that aliens are running around doing all kinds of things, but that's just my opinion. That doesn't mean every UFO I see is, um, you know, from another planet. Right, exactly. It could be military it could be you know all kinds of things so yeah, could be a, that's a, just kind of a distraction tactic on their part i think yeah well it, it's it's uh what people do in the political arena is where you you frame the argument in the way you want it framed to make the other person look like they're silly mm-hmm. right and that's done right. quite a bit people do it on people do it on my site they probably do it on yours too yeah oh uh, yeah and <laughs> And they send me emails. Yeah, and no matter how much you try to point out to them that they're they're arguing on their terms and not on the terms of what you said or what the the, the subject is, they they don't understand that or they refuse to see it or I don't right. know what it is. I mean that that's annoying no matter whether you're talking about UFOs or anything. Exactly, politics are yeah, sure. yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 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 uh, whatever it is behind the UFOs is trying to. <laughs> Jump in and teach us not to do that, but it, it, it's not going to work till people's minds change and they they stopped acting acting in that way. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, let's see. We're at the top of the hour now. Usually, I, I like I told you before, I'll turn over my virtual uh, recording device here so I can get a good recording and post it later. Um, so what we'll do is, you know what? Have you listened to any of the UFO flying saucer music that I have up on the site? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, really? Okay, I was going to ask if you had a uh, had a request because I I did, I did play that uh, little space girl thing before we started. I know. I heard that. 
It's uh, maybe you can link to the songs on the Vintage UFO site because I might have linked to one, but I'll certainly go back and uh, uh, do more. Absolutely. Okay, uh, I got an e- uh, actually on the uh, UFO Mystic. Um, Adam Go Rightly came on, and he's mad because he said he's going to have you on in a couple of weeks, and I've I've uh, I've uh, done the interview first. <laughs> well, I got like I told you, I got mixed up too. It was all of a sudden all these people start contacting me and, you know, believe it or not, I actually have a real job that I go to every day and I work a 40-hour or more, you know, uh, job a week. And so <laughs> I also have real life to contend with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I get a little mixed up on what I'm doing. I think the only people that don't are like Stanton Friedman and Linda Moulton Howe. I think oh, those are the only people that are I wanted, professional. I wanted to know how they do it. <laughs> Perfe- yeah, I but you know, my husband, I said, you know, I've been in front of this stupid laptop writing away, and and for what? Why? Why am I crazy? Crazy with the UFO? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably because it uh, opens up so many other doors, which is what we'll talk about right when we come back. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, and. Uh, the reason I mentioned uh, Adam Go Rightly is, uh, is is sort of a peace offering. I'm going to play a Nervous Norvis song for him because <laughs> I know he really likes Nervous Norvis. This is called uh, Kibble, Cobble, Kibble Cobble the Flying Saucer Song <laughs> from 1955. And, and uh, maybe he won't be as, as mad at me <laughs> after I play this song. Um, so we'll be right back here in a couple of minutes with uh, Reagan Lee. And uh, on Radio Mysterioso here. Let's see if that works. Here we go. Now I thought flying saucers were only a myth That people from other planets didn't exist But since they have landed here from outer space There's cups hunting saucers all over the blaze now I Khan and Kipper Ching They journey down to earth to do some visiting And the dance they did was the funniest thing For as they danced together every one of them would sing Of a me, a my Amanda, and a me, a my Amanda, she a take a my hand, we a kibble cobble too, we a kibble cobble fro, and though the music speedy never let her hand go. Chango, chango, husky, chesty fellies. Take the hand of their slender villanelles, each one a singing as they twirl and whirl. Kibble dee, cobble dee, wind up and swirl. Come all ye cups, each grab your galley, oh, and spin her around and round. Don't let her down before you toss her into the nearest whirling, twirling, flying saucer. This ends the bibble bobble dance of kibble cobble. Chango, chango, husky, chesty fellies. Take the hand of their slender villanelles, each one a-singin' as they twirl and whirl. 
Wow, can I hear myself? There we go. Nervous Norvis with Kibble Cobble, the Flying Saucer song. Actually, one of my favorites. And uh, Nervous Norvis, if you didn't know, was uh, had that big hit with Transfusion. That was his uh, one-hit wonder. But he did a whole bunch of other songs that not a lot of people know about. We're back here with uh, Reagan Lee, um, the uh, woman behind Orange Orb, and probably about 15 or 20 other websites and blogs. Um, let me see. Got your got you turned up. You still there? I'm here. There we go. That that's a little better. Uh, right before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, you know what what are the what are the uh, aliens? What are the UFOs? What are they here for? Um, and maybe one of them is to possibly to teach us a lesson or pull us along evolutionary evolutionarily or something. What do you uh, what are your thoughts? Your thoughts on that, Reagan? Um. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think there's a lot of different things going on. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people that believe that or think that. And I guess part of why I kind of hesitate about embracing that too much, and this is just purely my own thing, it's, it seems like religion to me, and I'm not a religious person, and I don't, you know, anything that kind of smacks of religion just makes me want to go the other way. So that's my own bias, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. It's just where where I come from. Uh-huh. Uh, and I also think that whatever is going on alien-wise, is many different things because no doubt there's probably a few different types of aliens running around. Well, what do you think an alien is? What are they, what are they? Are they you know? What's your idea? Mine changes like day to day. But what about well, what do sure, you? Sure, my well, there is that <laughs> to start off with, right? Yeah, but uh, we we will agree that there's something that's not human that interacts with us occasionally. Exactly. Right. And you know, meanwhile. Well, you have all the aliens from outer space out out there, down here, doing their alien thing. There's all kinds of other things going on. You know, I mean, I'm all for Bigfoot and other place creatures and ghosts and elementals and, you know, you name it. So there's, it's a busy place. <laughs> so you have all these things kind of running around. I think sometimes we might, interpret or experience something from one realm or area and then and call it alien or vice versa you know mm-hmm. um, I think I'm interested in a lot of ghost type or haunting type uh, things 
if they're truly bad, if they may not be alien in some way, for example. Right. So, and then you just have ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have alien ghosts. I love Jim Mars. He he, uh, wrote a little piece you can find online if you just kind of do a alien Roswell ghost Jim Mars Google or something, but... Uh-huh. about alien ghosts, I think, at a hospital in Roswell or that area. Oh, yeah, I've that heard about this. That is those. the weirdest thing. I, I don't know what to think about it, but I just love stuff like that. <laughs> you know, who knows what it's all about. Yeah, but. well, what are we looking at? A literal alien whose ghost is there because he died or everybody's idea about what it should be and what did happen manifesting in that way? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, it's fascinating. Did he bring that no up? Did, did he consider that as, uh, or did he just think of literal dead aliens and their ghosts? I think, you know, it's been a while since I read it. I seem to recall he's just pretty much reporting on the story. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, presenting, like, here's this really cool story, you know, who knows, kind of thing. Right, well, uh, being a former newspaper man, I would, I would expect that out of him, so that's great. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I like stories like that. You know, I've been following this uh, family, following this family. Uh, I have a good friend and her entire family that's extended and they live all over the place. They have a long history of UFO, Bigfoot, and ghostly encounters. I mean, the whole family could fill up a season's worth of you know, one of those paranormal shows. And I just <laughs> wonder if there isn't sometimes some connection with some of those things. Because it seems like too much of a coincidence that, you know, you have ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs and strange entities and things all in the same family. Yeah, well, th- this is... um something that uh, John Keel and a couple other people looked at in the 60s that people didn't really want to look at, these okay. connections between all the different paranormal stuff. That's part of the reason why we started that uh, our uh, zine excluded middle back in the early 90s because okay. we saw these kind of even – and then we you know brought in things like psychedelic drugs and political conspiracy and all that, you know, all okay. these things. I, I hate to say it, but on, on a lot of levels, they're connected. Well, actually, I don't hate to say it. Um, I hate to say it because it just most people shut down at that point. Oh, now you're putting them all together. You are nuts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, we're not nuts. It's it's happened. People have reported it. But I do think there is a connection. I'm not sure what or why or how, uh, but I think there is. Yeah, and most that's definitely. why I think with some Bigfoot researchers, I hate to keep going back to that, but uh, it's they're doing they're doing themselves a disservice by rejecting those weirder stories. Right, exactly. They they don't want to be taken because the society at large is not going to take them seriously in the first place. But throw UFOs in there, right? There's and no I can b- understand that. I mean, that's that's partly why they take that right um, 
you know, that view because they want to be taken seriously and they want to be accepted by science. And, and so they have to present themselves that way. And if you start talking about UFOs or orbs of light or other high strangeness, no one's going to listen to you. But I assume no one's going to listen to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know? When it gets, so that's okay, but that's just me. No, that's per that I I completely agree with that attitude. In fact, um, you know, most of the people I know, you know like Adam and like uh, Nick Redfern and Mac Tonys and people like that, they're saying what they think. They're trying to look at the data in a way that is fair to all the data instead of throwing some of it out, and they don't particularly care what people think. But, you know, lo and behold, there's other people that not only are interested in the same thing, but um, think that it's valid. And, you know, if there's going to be an audience for it and more people that come into the conversation, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because it means, you know, maybe somebody's going to have that thing that, uh, you know, makes a little bit of a breakthrough. I don't know if there's ever going to be a breakthrough, the breakthrough, the capital T and the capital B, or all capitals, but... I, I don't think there is going to be a breakthrough like that. And that's okay by me. I mean, I don't expect it. You know, every couple of years, there's the big excitement about, say, disclosure. Right. And, you know, it's just not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen in the way that UFO, a lot of UFO people think and want. Mm-hmm. Because either what do you mean? Can you expand on that? Um, because either one, which is uh, e- either one, um, whoever knows what this is, it's a power. It's a it's a chip in the power game. And why would you let the the biggest secret out when you can hold it over people? Unfortunately, right. people have played those political games, and they probably will till there's no people anymore. And two, which I think is probably more strong and more likely if there isn't some big secret in in capital letters, is because whoever's going to disclose doesn't know much more than we do. They know know more data. They know more uh, the widespread nature of the thing. They know what happens to people. They may even know how how to control people's perceptions of it. But they don't know where it comes from and how how to control it. And that, I think that's the secret. The secret is not that there's aliens coming from other planets. The secret is whoever is in that position of power doesn't know what's going on and they don't, they have no way of controlling who it's going to happen to and when, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And <clears throat> that's why disclosure won't happen. And you can have as many Stephen Greer's and military people coming out speaking about their experiences and big conferences and everything and Larry King programs, you know, and some of that will generate interest and dialogue, but, you know, then it will go away and it will come back again six months or a year or two later and like it always does, Mm -hmm. but a big time full disclosure is not going to happen for the reasons you said, yeah, I agree with that. Well, you know why? Why is it that the the weirdest stories about like Serpo and things like that 
why is it that those stories come from come from people who don't want you to know their identities don't want you to you know they don't want want to come out on at the uh at the national press club and talk about it but if somebody want, just wants to say the military told me to not talk about my sighting they're they're perfectly happy with talking about that mm-hmm. and it's i don't think it's because it's covered up it's because those are the ones that are you know that's as far as it's gotten <laughs> i saw something in the sky and it did something weird mm-hmm. you know not you know uh, military abductions and all that aside you know not that um millions of people are being taken against their will and the aliens are doing it we have no way of controlling it i mean that 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 might be true but i think it's mm-hmm. more likely we don't know what's going on it appears to be something else that's not human and there's nothing we can do about it right and that is much scarier than the aliens themselves. Mm-hmm. I think we all, well, that's probably a pretty huge thing to say. I think a lot of people would, yeah, aliens, okay, they're here, big deal. <laughs> but thinking a little bit beyond that, what are they really up to? Do Who has control here? It's an issue of control. Uh-huh. And of shared power if they're really in control and have the power we're in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah. and hopefully they're nice and they're not going to eat us for lunch you know who knows so that's the scary part not the fact that there's aliens yeah necessarily yeah yeah you mentioned just a little bit ago military abductions yeah um do you want to say more about that? I know who's interviewing you here. <laughs> well, that's the way you know. Uh, Tim does this too, and I've been doing this for years. I, it, it's it's uh, not really an interview show unless things get slow. Uh, other than that, it's just a conversation. Oh, cool! And I'm okay. completely, you know, I prefer it that way. I prefer it too, so that's good. And uh, I, uh, I'll let you elaborate first. There's not much too more I want to elaborate on. That aspect of the uh, of of the paranormal, but if you uh, you want to, let's do it. Oh well, I was just you had mentioned military abductions, and I assumed you meant kind of the military either staging or being a big part of what we think of alien abduction. Right. Am I right about that? Uh huh. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, and I just was curious what you thought about that idea. I th- um, it it sounds very paranoid, yeah. but in my trying to figure out what's going on, I come back to that a lot, and I don't have any issue with disbelieving the government's capable of doing something like that. So it's possible. Yes, I think it's saying. quite possible. <laughs> You know, you know, given the, the, the history and what has come out on, um, for want of a better term, mind control, I think it's entirely possible to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And there too. may be good reasons for well, for what somebody thinks is good reasons for it. Yeah. And that's scary, too. And for myself, that's a lot scarier than actual aliens. Yeah, to me, the alien thing is almost... There's, you've got just as many people saying it's a wonderful thing as a terrible thing, which means, right. leads me to believe that it's neutral. Mm-hmm. The, the, from the, from the non-human point of view, there, there, there's not a point of view there. This is kind of a uh, Whitley Strieber type thing too. I mean, it, it's, 
you know, his argument with Daniel Pinchbeck and the, the evil as opposed to the good aliens aside, that's what I get from him is we don't have the moral uh, compass that whatever this intelligence has where we have this is right and this is wrong and this is good and this is not and this is proper and this isn't. It's just mm-hmm. it, that doesn't enter into the, you know, from if this this uh, thing, whatever it is, it's not human, has its own ideas about what it's doing. Um, I think I think of it more as kind of a, a force of nature uh, kind of thing. Yeah, a tornado is bad, but to to the weather system, it doesn't care. It's just that's just it. It's there. Exactly, and it gets back to that control thing again. The whole issue of control and how much control do we, as humans, have over things, mm-hmm. over ourselves, over life, over what happens to us, um, over the weather? Well, we don't. You know, as you just said, so um, there's a point in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? I, I've perfected being, uh, and a lot of people I know have perfected this thing where you go in interviews or you're talking to people or whatever, and you don't have a point of view, but you can make it sound, <laughs> sound like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm new to, to this, and uh, so I'm just having a good time talking. And if I don't make any sense, um, Oh, well. <laughs> Who has to make sense? I never demand that anybody make sense because I oh, don't good. demand. I don't demand it. The only time I demand it out of myself is when an, uh, I'm trying to get something up across or an editor wants it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you know, um, like I, you know, like we were just saying, it, there's you can have a point of view, but almost no matter what you say, there's there's going to be something that contradicts what you say as soon as you put your foot down and say this is it. Right. You know, they're, they're going to find I 400 find things. I find that myself all the time. I mean, I go around and around. I try to figure out, okay, what, uh, with the alien abduction um, scenario, for example, mm-hmm. either it really truly is really happening like people say, literally aliens are coming down and kidnapping people, or everyone's mentally ill, or, you know, you have all these possibilities. Right. And... Uh, you know, you just, you end up not coming up with anything except that something very weird is happening. And I do not want to hear about sleep paralysis or sleep disorders. <laughs> you know, I don't know what is going on, but I know it's not that. I mean, I, enough I, already with the sleep disorder. So. Yeah, well, see, I don't have a personal... Uh, experience with it like you do, so that's one thing I consider as part of the equation. Uh, ah, now that's interesting. You know, right. I don't I don't consider it's the answer. I I do uh-huh. consider it an, a viable alternative in some cases. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, and it doesn't but have to be one thing or the other. Driving in a car, or walking down the street, and you have this happen to you. How could it be a sleep disorder? Exactly. It just seems like a cliche major mm-hmm. explanation. Well, that's like Mar- Martin Kotmeyer's article about um, Betty and Barney Hill uh-huh. and uh, that that uh, that uh, Twilight Zone episode, which aired a month before the first time they went in to see Dr. Benjamin Simon. And he, uh, what Kotmeyer was saying is, let's take a look at this. Maybe it provided uh, a frame of reference for them, whatever happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course... You know, I heard about that years ago, and then I look, and on the Psychop site, 
they've posted his article and said, well, here it is. Here's the answer. Well, that's just because they've taken his idea about, um, you know, why don't we look at this as a um, as an alternative and a kind of a signpost as to what may have happened and saying, well, that's it. We've, we've got it solved. And there, there's a problem with that, with with any of this UFO stuff, like the sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll explain some people in bed who feel like they've uh, there, there's something in the room with them and they can't move. But that's you know that's a small, not a small percentage, but that's only right. part of the story of what's going on. See, I've had I, and I'm only speaking for myself, but I have had that all my life. In fact, at work not too long ago, a coworker was telling me about a really weird experience the other night of that kind of sleep paralysis. She had never had that before in her whole life. And I I didn't mean to be flippant with her. She, I later t- explained to her, but I said, oh, that happens to me all the time. And I was serious. That kind of stuff has been happening to me ever since I was a kid. Uh-huh. I used to think people, ha- everyone had that all the time. It's just, and this gets to um, an interesting area about, I don't know, physiology and biology, and maybe, you know, that expression, you're not wired right, or <laughs> this connection's just wired differently. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's all connected and wrapped up with that. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm certain I, it is. I've but... had lots of episodes of sleep paralysis and that kind of, sense of something in the room, but I never, ever once thought it was aliens. What did you think it was? Just some weird stuff. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like just some, you know, some weird not and not good stuff, but I never made an alien UFO connection with any of it. Right. Yeah, and well, it make, makes total and sense. So that's why I get kind of impatient with that explanation, because of my personal experience but then that's an example i guess of being too far in it why well, it can't be objective well you know? you, you, there's nothing wrong with that the, the only reason i accept it as a one explanation is because it seems to make sense in a lot of cases mm-hmm. um the, the problem comes in like i said with the fundamentalist thinking where somebody says well that's it that's what's going on right and that's the only thing that's going on and sure yeah you know, you have to ignore so much other stuff to to to, to hold on to that premise, and that happens with a lot of UFO uh, uh, theories. I mean, I even see it happening with the extraterrestrial hypothesis, which we could go on about for for days and days. Right. You know, it explains a lot, but not everything. Exactly. Exactly. And right. there's and there's no objective proof of it. Not at least not in the way that we look at objective proof now. The way the way that our society is is set up right now. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's no way to prove that. There there's good reasons for it, but there's no way to prove it. So you know, to 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 my mind, that means the gate's open. You know, talk about it, whatever you want, as long as it seems to make sense and uh, and uh, is it, it gives you kind of a a fruitful area for discussion and and and, and theorizing. Mm-hmm. You know what? You, one of your posts, the, the recent one at Orange Orb, um, uh, you said that we needed to look at more UFO data to advance the field. Um, and I was try, I was kind of racking my brains to trying to figure out, well, what kind of other data that hasn't been looked at? And one of the things you said was um, stuff that people usually throw out. 
Right. Well, yeah, oh, you're reading about the numbers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an article I wrote for UFO Magazine about, uh, it seems like there are some UFO researchers, I think this is changing somewhat, but that pretty much stick to one or two ideas, theories, and ignore everything else. You know, it has to be extraterrestrials from another planet, and, and they're not looking at any other things or, you know, whatever it is. And I just think that um, it might be useful to look at different ideas and throw it on there and see what happens. And that might take more time, and it might be messier, and we might have to kind of, you know, do a little more work, but I think we would come up with some, you know, it's like brainstorming. You throw it out there, and you're not so concerned about, at the moment, if it's all nice and tidy and going to make sense. You're just trying to get creative and new insights. And how can you do that if you just stick with the same one or two ideas about things? Yeah. It seems like you're just not going to get anywhere yeah well it hasn't gotten us anywhere for quite a while there was right. have you heard of this the um james carrion who's uh, running mufon now right um they had this idea last year the year before they were going to kind of reorganize take their you know their 40 50 year uh database and start massaging and mining the data for uh new patterns and things like that that maybe some people hadn't noticed before which I thought was a great idea, but then I was thinking, well, look at the way MUFON collects data. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was a member for a while, and they, get, they gave me a little thing to take out and talk to people. And it was, you know, what did you see? Uh, what did it look like? What size was it? You know, all the, all the objective things. Right. But there was no, th- there was no uh, uh, blanks in there about how did it make you feel um, – you know, were there any lasting effects? Uh, did you get? Uh, did your was your worldview changed? Uh, you know, did you forget about it for years and then it came up later? All these other things that are that are people are affected by, and I don't know if that data has been really been. That's more anecdotal, and it hasn't been collected in a, in a, in a uh, systematic yeah, that's, way. Yeah, that's a real shame. You know, that's more like a folklorist approach or cultural anthropologist approach, and. I think that's very valid, and uh, a lot of people reject that because it's not scientific, and science doesn't accept anecdotal evidence as evidence. It does in but, sociology. Pardon? It does in sociology. Exactly. See, I think that's a false, that's a false idea a lot of people are operating under, mm-hmm. and in the desire to be taken seriously and accepted by these institutions like science and uh, people ignore, and it gets back again to what we talked about before, that's subjective. Um, yeah. You know, like you, you said, well, how, how did you feel? Has it changed your perceptions? Has it changed your worldview? Uh, these are questions, really good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. 
and they're not always being asked. Or, yeah. to, or if they are, they're not, they're considered as kind of uh, on the side, you know. Right, exactly. Not really to be taken too seriously. You know, maybe maybe this is a multidisciplinary type of science that or way of looking at things nobody's thought, thought about yet. Subjective yeah. mathematics, subjective astronomy, subject, you know. Right. Opening up a whole bunch of horrible craziness, too, but also possibly a, a place that uh, where some gold may lie. Right, I agree. I think that that's why I think we need all approaches. You know, uh, some people, uh, researchers, think there's only one way to research and approach this stuff. Well, I think there's a lot of different ways, and I think a lot of it has to do with the kind of person you are. Right. You know, by nature, I'm a writer. I'm a I'm a creative person. I'm an artist. I'm also an experiencer. I I hate that word too. Believer and experiencer. Yeah, I hate that <laughs> but, word too. You know, um, I can't pretend to be something I'm not. Right. This is so. This is what I have to bring. And if you don't agree with it or like it or want to hear about it, fine. Move on. Find something that you feel comfortable with. But. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And if we all do that, and we all contribute, I think, and we all pause long enough to, to listen to each other a little bit, we'll get somewhere. Yeah, a lot of people will not pause and listen to the other person. I mean, it's. I think it's I kind of a... It maybe maybe it's a urban disease or a failure of education, or I don't know what it is, but people are usually waiting to... Waiting to get into the, the the next thing in the conversation, not really listening to what the other person says. Yeah, well, that's when you say that's true. All over the board, there. Yeah, that's what I meant. I said maybe it's yeah. a uh, it, it's it's yeah. kind of a societal thing, and um, yeah. that's when I find when I find somebody who not only is is listening to me, but I find interesting enough to listen to, I stick with them. I want to ask you something. Um, the people, and this, if this is the personal, just tell me to, you know, blow off. But um, no what problem. do the people in your life think about all this? You know, those close to you, your friends and your family, about you and your involvement in all this. I don't talk to them about it. They know I'm interested in it. You know what? I get more comments from people that that uh, you know that I work with or. Um, just happen to meet that that uh, or at a convention or something like that, whatever. I, I get more comments from those people than from my family and from, you know, friends and things like that. Um, just because it's you know it just doesn't enter into the conversation. And like almost anybody in the UFO field, I have lots of other interests too. So it's kind of like it's it's in this. Uh, it's part of my life that is kind of insulated, and it stays that way. Is that, Do you find the same thing with you for yourself? Um, yes and no. Uh, I have, my family's kind of weird anyway, <laughs> I guess. So, I mean, I kind of grew up in a, uh, my mother is sort of like a beatnik kind of bohemian person. So, mm -hmm. we, I mean, she's reading tarot cards and doing our astrology charts and things when we were little kids. Right. So I'm kind of used, you know, when I would talk about ghosts or what have you, it was pretty much 
yeah, okay, you know, it's just sort of casually accepted, and then we all moved on. Right. So, um, I didn't really have, you know, I kind of grew up in a different, I guess I'm really fortunate that way. There are some family like members, it. of course, that think I'm insane, you know, and they, they don't <laughs> want to, they just make fun of me, or um, there's a couple that are extremely religious, but, you know, overall, um, I'm pretty lucky that I can talk about this stuff. And I'm very fortunate, as I was saying earlier, about my husband and I to talk openly, discuss all these things. Mm-hmm. I, when I was, um, I did my background in folklore, and I used to do a lot of little projects with people about their paranormal experiences, including UFOs. And I was just, always so surprised at the number of people who would share with me, a stranger, these stories. And they never told their, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or kids or, you know, the people closest to them. Right. They wouldn't tell these experiences to. They didn't, they didn't feel like they could be trusted or believed. or. And I always found that very sad and discouraging yeah Yeah, see i I don't have that problem where because i don't like i said i don't think i've been through too much that anybody would you know think i was crazy or anything you know what the the main answer to that and this might resonate with you and other people listening as long as i'm paying the bills and um not screwing up people's lives people don't really particularly care what i do or what i talk about but people that i know that are close to me you know what i mean as long as I keep up the the veneer of of yeah normalcy and being uh, being productive or whatever, uh, you know, people are willing to accept that I have these interests, and uh-huh. they don't really care that much. You know, that's yeah. fine with me too. I mean, I, I I'm talking with you now, and you know, I've got friends I can email with, and then every once in a while, that that's why I like going to UFO conventions when I get invited to speak, is because. It's not because I get to stand up in front of a bunch of people or, you know, somebody's going to come to the table and have me sign the book or whatever. That's not the, you know, but the people that I get to talk to, friends of mine, and make new friends and talk about the subject, that's what I like because I don't get that normally. And, you know, every once in a while you get it when you gather with your friends and people like that. You know, you talk about normal stuff, but you can also say something like, you know, what if military abductions are real and blah, blah, blah. Right. Whatever. Right. And, it, you know, you're not going to bring that up in conversation anywhere else. <laughs> really. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I work in a school, so no, not much of that. Yeah, it doesn't it's, come up. But it's, you know, it's an open secret. I don't know if it is with you that, that people know that I do this. So anytime something weird happens, they go, hey, Greg, you know about this. What about this? Right. You know, they'll, they'll ask me my opinion, and usually it's... Yeah, that's kind of weird. You know, what else am I going to say? Because I made the mistake one time of some guy said, what do you think is really going on? And I told him he would listen for 10 minutes to my spiel, and he looked at me and said, you know, you're really weird, and he walked away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had someone do that, too. Uh, they told me I was too paranoid, and they didn't want to be associated with anyone as paranoid as, <laughs> as I was. And this was the person who was involved with UFOs. Yeah. But you're you're the paranoid one. You don't want me to talk about it? Yeah, this person was, you know, of the mind that they were like the Space Brothers and they were all very good and here oh, to I save see. us. And I see. It's just a matter of 
matter of time, and I was saying, no, I don't think so. Right. So. Well, that's the that's fundamentalist thinking of another sort. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I noticed this on a few other sites and on my site. Every chance I get to fight against a fundamentalist mindset, I do it mm-hmm. or complain about it. You know, it's like the, the minute you lock yourself into a way of thinking, you I can learn nothing from you anymore, and you can learn nothing anymore yourself, so why bother anymore? Right. Uh, speaking of people that are on blogs and all that, I, I noticed in the last few years there's a lot more people blogging. There's a lot more people talking about the UFO stuff, way more than when I was younger and a kid and all that. And I, you know, and it's I'm I'm so happy I'm alive now because this is happening. But some people are complaining. They're saying, "Well, are these people ufologists? Are they? What are they? What are bloggers and people like that who don't go out, you know, as a traditional?" running out in the field and talking to people, is, is there a place for these people? And why do you think that, uh, since you're right in the middle of it, um, do you, what do you think about the legitimacy of, of, uh, of, of uh, kind of commentators on the UFO scene? Well, I think um, it gets back to many different approaches or ways into this. And I think anyone that has a genuine interest in this for whatever reason. Maybe they have personal sightings and experiences or someone they know has, or they're just a curious person, and for whatever reason it it clicks with them, uh, is legitimate. We don't all have to be running around out there in the field collecting samples, and uh, many of us can't for whatever reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as, and I know this sounds so kind of corny, but as long as people are really honest, I mean, really being authentic and honest and and coming from a a real place, it's fine. And, And it gets back to what we talked about before. We could use that and we can learn from that. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with, exercising your mind and your intellect and your, hopefully, your writing abilities and your, you know, all of these things and uh, sharing your research and views and opinions with the world. And if you don't want to read it, you don't have to. Right. <laughs> so um, I don't have any problem with it. Sometimes I wonder, <laughs> but then I move on and I go, okay. <laughs> It's and it's fine. What bugs me, what what bugs me, are people that and um, there's a few of them out there that just uh, can't stop from telling the rest of us how stupid we are for wasting our time, wasting time about UFOs. Well, they're wasting time. Telling us how we're wasting time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't they have anything better to do? You know that kind of thing, right? But um, I don't consider them as, you know, they're just like annoying little gnats or something, you know, right. on the edges of the, yeah. It just it, it while it irritates me, it also kind of cracks me up. Like, what? What do you care? What are you doing? You know. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. What, you know, what, why are you wasting your breath when you think there's nothing here anyway? Right. If you don't think there's anything to it, that's fine. But, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you, what yeah. are you trying to do? Save me? <laughs> yeah. I don't need yeah. it. You know, you, th- you think something that I've been looking at for years is going to be thrown away by you saying it's not important? Right, exactly. It's not, sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not forcing my opinion on you, and I, ha- and I have a job, and I'm paying my rent, so, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm not being a burden on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh. I'm going to give out the number. Maybe somebody uh, somebody want to call in and uh, ask you a couple of questions. Do you mind? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you do want to call in, the number is uh, and ask uh, Reagan Lee a question or make a comment, but no sighting reports. If you start telling me what you saw in the sky and there's not a point to it, I'm going to hang up. Two one three two five two zero nine nine eight. Um Unless there's something really important about it and, and different that we, we haven't heard before. But I guess uh, – or if, uh, Re, uh, Reagan can outvote me too. 213-252-0998. Uh, oh, you know what? Something I mentioned on the uh, – in the when I announced this on UFO Mystic a little while ago is that we were going to talk about exopolitics. And the first thing I wrote on there was, why should we take it seriously? And I thought, well, you know what? An exopolitics person might read this and it will be offended, and I don't want to. You cannot imagine how many times I've changed things because I don't want somebody to think I have an agenda or uh-huh. to offend somebody because there might be somebody with a legitimate thing to say, and I'm turning them off by offending them up front, so I don't want to do that. However, right. that being said, um, uh, what do you think of uh, the idea of exopolitics and um you know, is is it useful? Um, is there something we can get out of this? Uh, is it uh, important? Well, it took me a while to kind of figure out what exopolitics was or is uh-huh. to begin with. I was kind of confused, and um, and I think I still am, <laughs> but maybe not as much. I, I, you know, a lot of people kind of make fun of them, the people that are put you or involved in exopolitics and and I do think in some ways it's kind of naive and it assumes a lot. Right. It assumes from the from the little bit that I understand of it. Mm-hmm. It assumes that the government's going to give us this big disclosure. It assumes that the aliens are first of all aliens and that they're of a certain type or kind, and it assumes that whatever... It just makes a lot of assumptions, in other words. You know, assumes that we... What we think we should do and say and behave is the right thing, and we don't know. We don't know anything. So I I kind of... I was just talking about people complaining about wasting time, but I think it's just sort of a waste of time but at least it's well-meaning, I think. It's well-intended. Yeah, it's not where, It's not a bunch of people trying to get you to join a cult or build yeah. you out of money or anything like that. So it really isn't for me or my where I choose to go. Um, I don't have a... Pr- 
you know, it's not that I have a problem with it. Um, and I'm not into attacking them in any way or, you know, nothing like that. I just, I just don't see it as particularly useful because of, uh, because it's based on huge assumptions. Or what you see as huge assumptions. It's what I see, exactly. Um, obviously, those involved don't believe that. Um, it, it does, in other words, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 you know, at the same time, I have no uh, intent to be negative towards them or, you know, um, in any way. Right. I just don't really quite maybe get it or see it that way. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty much in agreement with you myself. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, one time I had it after Project Beta came out, uh, Michael Sala came on uh, the uh, UFO updates list and started arguing with me about, uh, you know, how do you know all this stuff? I said, I said, well, I went and talked to the people that were involved in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and I didn't just talk to government agents. I talked to everybody. I talked to UFO researchers. I, I talked to uh, abduction researchers, um, all kinds of different people. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, and uh, it got down to the point where he says, you know, well, what? why didn't you talk to Dan Burrish? And why didn't you talk to uh, various other whistleblowers? And I said, because they weren't relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, and he says, well, they were relevant to the story because they 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 know that there was an underground base here and that we had agreements with aliens. I said, well, from everybody I talked to, it seemed like that didn't happen. So that's why I wasn't interested in talking to these people. Right. And it, you know, it just wasn't the purview of the book. The book was telling one story, not not forty different stories. But it came down to this. I said, well, he said, how do you know those people are telling the truth? And I said, because I cross-reference with different people that have different belief systems and, and uh, uh, um, motivations for telling me what they did. And some were diametrically opposed to each other, and they agreed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good evidence for me that the, what they're saying is probably close to what happened. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how do you know these people? You know, how do you know that Dan Burrish and 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 uh, Bob Lazar and people like that are telling the truth um, about what they're doing? You know, what he says, well, they're because they all agree with each other. And I said, well, there there's no way to prove what they're saying. And one thing he said, which just completely amazed me, he goes, well, a lot of people have problems with my method of. Of research because it doesn't rely on on uh, proof or 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 uh, yeah, objectifiable proof or or um, uh, witness agreement. I was like, well, then I guess we have nothing to talk about anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't have any verifiable proof, you're not who who are you going to prove anything to besides people who want to believe you and and yourself. Right. And that that it's fine, but. How much further is that going to go? And I did. I said I don't have a. You know, he was polite about it. He wasn't rude. He wasn't nasty. He's a nice guy. Uh huh. Um, but I just happen to have a disagreement with him and the way he goes about things, and and can kind of see from my point of view how how that method and that way of presenting things to the public at large is not going to get very far. And that's just in his case. I mean, uh, uh, Stephen Bassett, who's very serious and sincere about what he's doing, um, he has different ways of going about it. Right. 
Yeah. Um, this is another tangent, um, but one thing that, and it's just my thing, um, when people say they've encountered an alien, they've, they've had a face-to-face <laughs> with an alien, uh-huh. and the alien told them something. Well, I I have no doubt that everything they said was true, but oftentimes my thing is, well, just because the alien told you something doesn't mean that what they told you is true. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be messing with your head for who knows why, you know, just because uh, a religious figure appeared to you or an entity or, or some kind of being appeared before you and told you something doesn't mean that it's the truth. It just means it told you something. Right. And so that's, I do have a problem with people who start their own thing based on that. Right. As long, I don't care if they, I don't have a problem with it as long as they're not, you know, uh, Ruining people's lives, abusing them, taking their money—you know, hand over fist—and not, let, and most importantly, not letting them go once they're once they've joined right. whatever group it is. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really care what people. The people complain about the Raelians and all, oh, they're a cult and this and that. It's like, well, all yeah. they want to do is get laid and yeah. mess around and say the aliens are here. And you know, if somebody wants to leave, they go fine. We don't care. <laughs> You know that's that's a perfect attitude. I, why should I? And they're they're not involved with you know building bombs or scaring people or making threats or anything like that. So you know why should you have any problem with it? Right. Um, oh, you know what? You did write something about that about the guy that had infiltrated the Raelians. What happened with that? What what well, was that story? Actually, I get um, he's emailed me a few times. The guy that did that. Uh huh. Uh, no, wait. I, it, I don't think it's him. It's somebody that either defends him or has something to do with it. And he just keeps trying to change my mind, convince me. Basically, he's trying to convert me. And I just delete his emails because convert you I haven't to what? Him for a while. Convert you to what? Just believing that the guy was right and that aliens are evil. I think they're very silly. But that's my opinion. Oh, but I they're... think Ray Al is just a horny old guy. But you yeah. know that's okay. I mean, you know, I don't um, have anything particularly against them. I, their whole cloning thing is weird. I don't. But no, this guy just wanted me to um, just apologize and come over to their side. And I said, you know. The railings may or may not be all of these things, but you're just, my personal opinion was they were just as bad because their whole thing was um, they were insulting God. The railings are insulting God. Well, then aren't you too on a religious kind of vendetta yourself? Yeah. You know, I don't see the difference. It's not that I was defending the railings particularly. Because uh, I really don't care about them, but although it's fun to make fun of them, just because I'm human and I kind of mean sometimes. But <laughs> um, well, you have an opinion. It, what? 
you have an opinion, and if you express it, people are are, are sometimes going to say something. Yeah, but I it just I don't know. I just get very nervous around people when they're trying to impose their uh, religious beliefs onto everyone else. Right, exactly. And that's just a real big personal thing with me. <laughs> you know what's um, funny is the Raelians um, exactly don't do that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty much... Well, and another thing that offended this guy was uh, their free love uh, thing, and which includes homosexuality. Well, that's not an issue for me. I, I don't care. You know, um, and then they said they were seduced by beautiful women, and they couldn't help themselves. Well, I'm sorry. That's you know, if you can't control yourself around sexy young women who are coming on to you, that sounds like a whole other issue there. You know? <laughs> um, it's not their fault, you know. So I just don't have much. Um, Right. Well, it kind of is their fault because it's that's their that's their that's one of their recruiting uh, uh, methods is to uh, right. You know, and but my thing more power to well, if you allowed yourself to be, you know, seduced. I mean, don't you have more self control than that? Yeah. (laughs) Why is that a problem? I guess in the first place, I don't know. It just very. That's that's a very right. old that that's uh, that's uh, arguments as old as uh, as people you know uh, exactly they're, they're, the, exactly you know yeah. the, the idea that the, the the sneaking suspicion that somebody else might be having more fun than you so let's let's uh, let's get rid of all fun then we won't have that problem meaning right. I won't they, have that they were problem. basically very uptight and repressed yeah you know they didn't like the fact that these people are running around naked in the sun <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh well. Too bad, you know. There's a lot. There's a lot bigger problems going on in the world than worrying about some people running around naked. Exactly. And um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the studio just here. What said? What there are. <laughs> uh, let's see. We have four minutes left. Uh, is there? So- I I went through my entire list of stuff I was going to ask you. Although at the bottom I put down carrot serpo. <laughs> you put what? Uh, carrot and serpo. Oh yeah. Uh, you know my opinion about the the serpo thing. What did you think about that when that came out? Well, when I first read read the little you know parts of it, I thought this is um uh you know Hollywood scriptwriter. <laughs> yeah. I mean it. It was just, you know, a, a, ride, a good writing. No, I don't know about good, but, you know, a crafted um, science fiction. Uh-huh. It was like something you'd write in a graduate course or something. It was, to me, I was, I was surprised. I was very surprised it became a controversy. I thought it would go away very quickly. Uh-huh. And that people would just... See it for what it was, and and just move on. And I was surprised to see it take off like it did. It's funny. So that, how, that's just my take on it. Okay. It's it's funny how all these old uh, canards that came out in the 
many years before we were around seemed to uh, come up all the time. Like, uh, you know, you'll, uh, the first one that we talked about was, you know, somebody else might be having more fun than you and you have to get. And the other one was uh, no one ever got broke under, underestimating the gullibility of the American public. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that that um, idea has been leveled at uh, the perpetrators of Serpo too. That they were they were trying to create some kind of story that they could make money off of it. And if they were, I don't think they did a very good job. They didn't market it properly. No, they didn't. Yeah. I agree. And uh, that carrot thing with the uh, the supposed uh, drones and things like that are um, that 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 uh, lasted even less amount of time. Right. The funny and thing, again, I thought I was pretty suspicious of that to begin with, because when it first happened, it was, I don't know what, they were on a photography class or something or assignment, and so, I mean, the whole thing just seemed suspicious from the beginning. Right, exactly. But the, the, you know what? It was it, it had a lot more eye candy than Serpo did. In fact, Serpo didn't have any. That's true. It did. Yeah. In fact, it was based on eye candy, and uh, right. I I I looked at it as as it was kind of fun. It was very nice. It was like seeing something that purported to be real, but that was basically I thought science fiction, and right. pr- pretty well done science fiction. Um, especially those drawings and all that. I thought that that yeah. stuff was well crafted. It reminded me of some weird kind of kinky like kitchen gadget yeah. <laughs> you know just like some weird like guy uh, you know but you know that those kinds of things um are also a part of this ufo paranormal field these little hoaxes and glitches and just bumps in the road and people just popping up and playing pranks and you know, doing weird things and disinformation things. It's all just part of it. Uh-huh. And that's not to say it's not really annoying at times or, um, you know, can confuse you or distract you and lead you down the wrong path for a while, but it's to be expected. It's just part of it. Yeah, and, it you know, maybe it. I've been taught this so many times just looking at the UFO thing is that just not to take yourself so seriously. And if you're wrong at some point, say, oh, Jesus, I was wrong. That was pretty funny. Right, exactly. And I think that's part, you know, you were talking earlier, Greg, about what we can learn from all this. And, you know, maybe that's some of it about not taking ourselves so seriously. These little things are reminders, mm-hmm. you know, to us. They're little kicks. <laughs> Um, to to just not get so take ourselves so seriously and the whole thing so seriously and maybe shift our view a little bit. Right. Maybe we've been looking too long in this same direction. Yeah, maybe some of those answers come to you when you stop, you know, taking things so seriously and stop trying to make sense of them and. Um, you know, some of these realizations come through the you know come through the back door of your mind when you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen so many times. Not that it's useful to anybody else besides me, but then you know, <laughs> ultimately, what you know, what what is important? <laughs> you know, right. Stuff that's useful to you, or um, you know, something that you try and pound into other people's minds because you think it's important. Right. You know, uh, why don't you uh, first as a, a, as a uh, another uh, bow here to Adam Go Rightly? When are you going to be on his show? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> 
Well, you'll, people, you'll have to go to... Uh, I have to look up my... I'm, yeah, I, like I say, I got kind of mixed up. and Yeah, it's I either think, next week or the one after. This week, but I, I really don't know. Well, uh, people, go to Adam Go Rightly's site... Um, <laughs> And, uh, Ask check Adam, and see. he'll know. <laughs> yeah, and he'll he'll um, certainly have that up for everybody maybe to see. Maybe he won't. He won't want me on after this. No, but you, yes, he will. <laughs> you know why? Because he's a he, he's a, got completely different questions and take on things than I do on, on, on a lot of levels, and he'll think of questions that I didn't even come up with here, and it'll be just as interesting or more as this uh, interview has been in it, which I have really enjoyed, and I'm glad uh, you oh, said glad. yes to come Thank on. You. I certainly have. Why don't you uh, give people an idea of where they can, uh, even though we did sort of at the beginning, but let's uh, reiterate where they can see your writing, uh, maybe get in touch with you, and uh, keep following your thought and your your journey. Well, I always love to hear from people as long as they're nice and they're not trying to convert me. Um, and so my email is arlee at orangeorb.net. And... I could give a bunch of blog listings and stuff, but that'd be... If you just put in regularly UFO, you know, it'll take you right there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because we have so many blogs and yeah. articles and things, and it's... Yeah, but especially go to Orange Orb. That's where you get the uh, the, uh, uh, yeah. the 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 straight unadulterated that's sort of like the uncut. Of the blog. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the other fun one, which I really enjoy, is Vintage UFO. Yeah, um, that's all the all the uh, the cultural uh, uh, f- uh, dross, floss, dreck, and wonderful things that have come out of the UFO uh, uh, pantheon of experience and uh, comic books, uh, artwork. Uh, even old oh, movies. My, old movies. My favorite one so far was that con- uh, the um, bit about the Great Gazoo on the, on the Flintstones. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, go check that out. And um, if you'd like to come on again at some point, uh, I'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, when the next when the next two or three big things go through ufology, we'll come back and uh, dissect them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Greg. Okay, thanks so much, Reagan, for coming on. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, and maybe see you soon at uh, some convention or something or other. But yeah. But p- please do keep in touch. Okay. Bye. Oh, okay. Thanks so much. Okay, that was uh, Reagan Lee, and uh, God, we talked about a lot of stuff, and um, it's always wonderful to have a conversation, because sometimes we'll do these uh, interviews, and I'll ask a question, the person will go, blah, 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 next, and um, that's, yeah, that's that's not as fun as uh, having a nice conversation. Uh, well, nobody called. I thought Adam was going to call and give us an earful, or... or um, uh, Rob Sterling said he's going to call. Um, next week, we're scheduled to have um, Rochelle Hawks on. Uh, however, at, uh, at the uh, same time, uh, Rob Sterling from conformist.com is actually going to be in town physically. So either we'll have a, you know, a, a grand big talk with both of them or uh, uh, Rochelle might get moved back a week, but I'll have to talk to her and him about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was sick last week. Sorry I didn't come in and say anything, but I could hardly move. What was that? Well, what happened to you? 
I had the flu. You had the flu. Yes. Oh my gosh, the flu, it was going around. Hey, this is Radio Mysterioso with Space Brother. Okay, let me play a going out theme here so I going can stop out. my recording. Yeah. And thank everybody so much for listening. We'll be back again next week either with either one or two guests. Who knows? Maybe four or five. Maybe four or five, yeah. It'll and be a party. 